Welcome to the Back in Action Podcast. Are you a weekend warrior, a current or former high-performing athlete, or do you just have questions about what a chiropractor can do for you in a rehab setting? Here, we'll dive into the world of chiropractic and exercise rehab and how they both can be utilized to get you back in action. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Back in Action podcast. We have yet another guest with us today. We have Mark Rosenberg. I said that right, right, Mark? Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, perfect. Um, first things first, if you don't follow him on Instagram, his handle is Deadliest Lift. Um, and follow him right now before you start listening so you know what we're dealing with. Um, Mark, how's the injury? We heard you, you hurt your shoulder, right? Uh, yeah, pretty good. I'm four weeks, I guess, post uh, shoulder dislocation this coming Wednesday. So was that 25 days today or something? Um, and yeah, it's doing pretty good. I don't necessarily know what the expected timeline is for a shoulder dislocation, but I gather that I'm exceeding that by at least a little bit. <laughs> there you go. So, I mean, most of the full range of motion is basically there. A uh, little bit of pinching at some ranges. Some areas are significantly weaker, but a lot of stuff is pecking back up. I mean, even a week ago, I was back over to benching over 300. I can deadlift over 700 without pain and discomfort. Uh, Overhead's still a bit weak, but I figure that's probably going to be the last one to come back. And then it's still 300 so casually, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a little bit lower than I could do when I was healthy. So, yeah, right. (laughs) It's all relative. I was going to ask, how has the the injury like limited your, besides having to go down and wait, have you felt like limited to any like large capacities in what you've been able to do? Or is it just the overhead that's been a little iffy? Not really. I mean, obviously they're even the next day. I mean, some things are weaker. I couldn't do certain movements. And for a while I was only using the one arm, but I don't really look at that as a limitation. I mean, yes, obviously it is, but I don't think that's really a particularly useful mindset when you're going into an injury. Cause just, you can't use the arm being mad about or sad about or looking at it like a bad thing. doesn't really help you. So I just, you know, did something else. I mean, I like the idea that injuries are just forced periodization. So I just took that as a chance to work on some one arm stuff or work on things that don't really need the arm. And then I could bring the arm back in, which was a lot faster than I was expecting. Then I'll just, you know, keep working and do things I can do. Like if I can't overhead press, then I'll try one arm overhead press. I'll do the one arm snatches or I'll do um, circus dumbbell. Maybe I'll get one of those. I don't know. (laughs) There's always something you can do. And that's what I try and find. It's particularly helpful that I already have kind of a, eclectic lifting style so uh being forced to get creative isn't exactly anything new to me yeah there you go um i was gonna ask too then i well i mean i think anyways you you were saying you don't know the timeline of if you're like on pace with the recovery Mm -hmm. or not or if you're exceeding it um i think a big part of why 25 days in your range of motion looked that good probably does have a lot to do with the fact that you're not really changing up how you're doing things you know what i mean like it's not like you're going and grabbing a band and you're just doing external rotations for 20 minutes and then calling it a day Mm -hmm. um so there's definitely something to that for sure um what would you have to say to our viewers about like being able to withstand injuries do you think it's more of a mindset mentality when it comes to that stuff or do you think it's there's something else to it i think it's absolutely a mindset thing to both it's a little bit of both I think that the first time you get injured when you're lifting, it's going to seem like this awful thing because you're not used to it. So you're going to catastrophize it. You're going to feel like your lifting career is over, that like something's been taken away from you. And then you'll inevitably get better because most injuries aren't really that big a deal. And you'll get injured again and you'll be catastrophizing and you'll be it's a little bit better about it. 
And then again and again and again, with enough repetition, you get to realize that, yeah, an injury is kind of annoying, but it's not that big a deal. You can and you will heal yourself, and then you'll get right back to doing what you're doing. And even if you're nervous about that area, like the first couple of times I injured any new area, I get like concerned, like, oh, what if it comes back? Like my first couple back injuries, I was like, oh, well, if I am deadlifting in the future, and all of a sudden, bam, my back just explodes in. By now, I'm like, yeah, this has happened enough times I'm used to it. Like, I know that's going to hurt for a little bit. I'm going to work back up. And once the pain's gone, it's right back to where I was. So uh, first thing I think you can do is you need to get a lot of exposure to injury, which comes with experience. And that makes dealing with it a lot easier. And that is part of the mindset. I mean, I can tell them that your injury isn't that big a deal. But until you kind of experience that, it's the, the words don't mean very much. If someone had told me that, regardless of who they were, uh, when I got my first injuries, I would not have listened to them. And then I think there's also the physical component. I also like the idea that strong things don't really break. So the stronger you are and the more resilient you are, which I think those two go hand in hand, it becomes a lot easier to get back from an injury because, I mean, the way I like to think about it is if, say, an injury reduces you to 25% function, well, if you don't lift and you're relatively weak, you're like an average person, 25% function isn't very much. If you're really strong, 25% of your full strength is still pretty dang good you can still do a lot of stuff with that so i think you just need to kind of get experience learn that injuries aren't a big deal develop that mindset that's something you can and you need to work through not just you know mope around and let deal with you and then you also just need to keep building your body because the stronger you are the more you're gonna be able to do when you are injured and i think the quicker you will become uninjured because movement is medicine which i think anyone who uh particularly in your kind of philosophy should already know that all right. So I, I one question that I'm pretty sure all of your followers are thinking is how does how do you get into into lifts like these and how do you go and understand like, oh, I can do all of this? How do you think of all the stuff that you do? Essentially is what I'm asking. Because half of the stuff I look half the stuff I look at it, I'm like no one in the right mind would be like no offense. You you've got to be kind of psychotic to go through some of the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't disagree. Uh, so I kind of got started when around the time I had my own gym, I wasn't as concerned about messing around. Like, I don't want to do this stuff in a commercial gym where you're getting away and you're potentially, you know, endangering someone else's equipment. I mean, I don't think I really endanger my equipment that much, but if I'm going to break something, I want to break my own stuff, not the gym owner stuff. So once I had my own gym and it was also just kind of a function of being closer, if I can just walk down my basement whenever some weird idea entered my mind, it was a little bit easier to <laughs> just go and celebrate um, but really, I just kind of got tired of seeing so many comments online about what you can and cannot do in lifting, what is dangerous, what is not dangerous. And I'm like, no, none of that is correct. Like you can, your body's meant to move. You're not going to, form isn't really inherently dangerous. It's just a matter of how much load you use with these various movements. So I just kind of want to start showing people there's a practical application. Like, hey, you say this is dangerous. Here's me doing that thing with lots of weight. And look, I'm fine. And this kind of grew from there. So I started off just doing things that like, I think one of the first things I did was just like lots of suicide grip benching. Um, people are like, oh, you're gonna drop the bar. So I'm like, no, I mean, that's a very stable grip. The gravity is holding the bar in your hand, not your thumbs. And then I do it to more kind of stranger things. And then uh, a little over a year ago, uh, if you're not familiar with him, Mikey, maybe me, uh, Mikey Nick O'Brien on Instagram had a competition for weird lifts. And I'm like, that's a thing I do. <laughs> so I entered this competition. I actually started using Instagram. And then uh, that kind of just got me moving on posting stuff. And the feedback kind of inspired me to keep going with it. And I'd get ideas from people. Or I'd 
look more into these other people doing uh, lifts now and come inspire me. So that, I guess that ties into your other question. How do I come up with this stuff? Well, I think the best explanation is I just listen to the intrusive thoughts. Like, obviously, you're probably being in a gym one time. This, you have this weird off thought, like, what if I did that? And you tell it to go away because obviously that's a very stupid thought and you should not listen to that. I just kind of embrace those intrusive thoughts. So I'll look at a bar and be like, I know that's a trap bar and you're supposed to pull with it, but what if I squatted it or what if I cleaned it or what if I did anything else with it? So I just like using implements or bars for things that are not supposed to be used for. And then otherwise just kind of adding new and exciting little bits of challenges. I mean, it's a lot of this kind of extreme variation on common themes. Like I don't think too many things they're doing are at their core wildly new lifts, but they're just taking an existing lift and adding a lot of strength. to it yeah and i think the, the <laughs> hole in your ceiling would probably agree with that okay i want to do some demos i know i can do a big stick i like it um people seem to really latch on the first time i did that so i guess i had kind of been writing that a bit long just because people seem to enjoy it <laughs> And I keep picturing the exact video because I just rewatched it. Oh, there's a bunch of them. <laughs> where do where do you put the where do you put the camera? It's literally just sitting right there. Yeah, like, so when, uh, when it's can, in the ceiling. So that's just it's a drop ceiling, so it's essentially just a suspended frame that you put all the individual tiles in. So there's a full amount of space. There's like a foot of clearance for accessing you know your wires and whatnot. Um, so I just put the phone on one of the other tiles and points at me, maybe prop it up with, I think I have a can of like some old varnish or something up there. And that's all it really takes. Do you ever uh, engage with any of the negative comments or anything like that? Yeah. I mean, I, I like part of, like I said, like I used to be very big on liking to argue online, which I think everyone goes to that phase or maybe stays in that phase. And that's kind of why I, I got into, <laughs> that's why I got into doing the weird lifts because they'd be my rebuttals with uh, a little bit more effort behind them. But part of getting on Instagram and having so many more comments, because it's obviously a much larger field than whatever little niche form I was dicking around with before, uh, it did kind of narrow me to the point where, okay, I've seen the same comment 850 times and it just kind of glances by now. Like I've seen, oh, you're going to hurt your back or snap city or all back or back day or spine day or yeah, yeah, yeah. You probably get the idea of the common stuff I see. Um, so unless someone writes a really inspiredly dumb comment, I usually just ignore them at this point. Like I will respond if someone feels like if they were creative in their stupid drivel, but if it's just like another lazy response I've seen a thousand times, like at this point, it's just, it's like whatever at that point. Yeah. <laughs> if it's kind of become inoculated to it. So, uh, one of the questions I have is, have you ever had any people that like reached out to you and be like, oh yeah, like you inspired me to like try one of your lifts or like do well, any of those things pretty frequently especially yeah. these days the bigger i get and i always really enjoy those comments and it's either like you inspired me to try these odd lifts or what i like even more is like when people like you inspire me not to be afraid of these movements or like they're not to be overly concerned with my form and focus more on just having whatever technique works for me versus shoehorning myself into this very niche well, i guess not niche the opposite this very generalized um form guideline so i really like seeing that and i also like when people say that like I've been getting a lot of messages recently like, oh, I was just injured myself and I was kind of worried about it. But seeing you just, you know, keep going on and not letting your injury stop you has inspired me to do the same as to working out really well. So basically any kind of comment saying like my lifting or my, even my life has improved because seeing your stuff has inspired me to, you know, 
just keep moving <laughs> is always like probably one of my favorite things when it comes to doing all these posts. Like the compliments are nice, but the people that say like you've made an impact is that's what I really enjoy. Yeah, yeah that's, that's awesome. I, I think that's how we kind of Bridget and I stumble upon you because like we mentioned before, we, we found you in the mentorship and the, the guy mm -hmm. who's leading the whole thing like posted one of your videos and he's like, you're telling me that like people are fear, fearing flexion or extension or all these different positions and this guy's out there doing this like... <laughs> He's like, our, our bodies are meant to go through a lot of stuff and we can we can do a lot of stuff. And I think sometimes people kind of fall into that trap um, and we kind of deal with a lot of those people. So mm -hmm. how would you kind of, I mean, I guess you do it through your videos, but if you had to do it in terms of like talking to someone um, who are kind of fearful of like different positions or kind of like stressing their body in different ways. Well, what I usually do, and this is kind of my like, go-to metaphor is I would just ask them, okay, they think that this movement, whether it be say something like a zercher deadlift or any kind of like heavy spinal flexion movement is dangerous. Well, I ask them, could you do that movement with a pool noodle? And obviously they'd think for a second, be like, yes, I could do that with a pool noodle that barely weighs anything. Okay. Well, what about a pool noodle? And you add 10 pounds. They probably still say yes. What about an empty barbell? Yes. What about an empty barbell with 10 pound bumpers? And yes, and yes, and yes. You kind of get to the point you point out like, so you agree that this movement is inherently safe with a low enough load. And then you kind of bridge into, well, what happens when you work a low load enough? Like you become stronger in that position and you can go to higher loads. And then I think you kind of work up to the point. It's like, yes, like this movement's fine. You just need to build up to doing the high weights. And that's something I've been doing for a decade. So if they jumped right into trying to do a super heavy, massively bent back deadlift, they're not going to have a good time. But if they spend a decade working up to it and have and to be fair, ridiculous deadlift your necks like I do, then, then they too can do this thing relatively safely. So I think that's kind of the best way to explain is really make that separation between load management as the primary cause of injury and form as the primary cause of injury. One being correct, load management, one being not really correct, or at least not directly correct, and that's form. Um, kind of going into the educational component a little more, one of your posts um, talked about bracing with more than just your core mm -hmm. um can you kind of talk about that post a little bit just for our viewers and stuff i i found it interesting because obviously there was more to it um yeah. but yeah just kind of go off that a little bit just so they can hear that so i guess i'll start by saying that i am primarily kind of self-taught and i don't really like go out and like seek like formal like information i usually it's like either bounce stuff back between people that also lift or just kind of figure it out on my own so sometimes my terminology doesn't really line up with the kind of standard terminology. So when I think bracing, I think bracing is a full body thing. When it's been kind of explained that for some people, bracing is strictly the core component and then it's just tension is the rest of the body. But I just kind of lump it all together because I think it's all important and you tell people to brace, but you don't really ever tell them to tense up. So that's if anything is confusing at this point, that's kind of where I'm coming from. Uh, but generally, I think that bracing is super important for any lift. It makes it safer, makes it more effective. You need to have a stiff body to properly transfer force from your primary movers to the actual bar, because rarely is the bar actually touching your primary mover. And part of that is obviously the core component that people talk about so much, like pretend you're about to get punched in the stomach and take a deep breath, but it isn't limited there. If you're just bracing your core, then you have a whole bunch of other parts nearby there just kind of sitting there noodly, and that's not going to transfer force very well, and that's going to result in you losing position and A, failing the lift and B, possibly injuring yourself. So instead of just thinking, okay, I need to brace my core, I tell people to focus on bracing everything. Like when you get underneath the bar, you should be really, really tense before you ever even leave the rack or leave the floor or leave wherever the bar is supported by something else. So I think a lot of people, they just get underneath the bar, they maybe take their big breath and they just kind of 
flop out their unwrap or they very loosely pick up the bar and they get a lot of bending right when they break the floor in a deadlift. And that is just wasted energy. That's a lot of force that's being bled off into nothingness. It's force that's being turned into bending spine as opposed to moving barbell. So I think people need to really focus on, you know, tense up everything. But at the same time, I also don't like when people say like a big one for deadlifts is like engage your lats with that doesn't explain anything to me. Like if someone's just sitting here focusing on their lats, they're not focusing on everything else. So I just kind of say like, yes, I know this is vague and maybe it's not what you're looking for, but look at it more holistically. Like you need to make everything tense, embraced and strong. And that's basically what I say, like make your torso as strong as it can be, whatever say configuration ends up with. If you think that your torso feels the strongest with a significantly round upper back, then do that. You don't need to have a perfectly neutral spine for a deadlift. You don't need to be, obviously you don't need to be perfectly straight because the spine is never straight. Um, but you just need to, by practice, like make your body really, really strong and really, really tense and really, really good at not uh, bending or bowing underneath the load because that's how you're going to get the most effective lift. Okay, so uh, we've been kind of bouncing these questions off, and I'm sure everyone, again, that has these questions. But what is an – I use the word normal very loosely. Mm-hmm. Training day look like for you? Um, I – have just kind of fallen into the habit of mostly playing things by ear um the average day will depend on kind of what block i'm in and i have fallen the kind of a pattern like during the late fall beginning of winter i'll run a block where i'm more heavily focused on uh well really just bench and squats i never train deadlift much i just kind of just do deadlift but i'll spend the winter where i'm mostly inside trying to focus on squat and bench just so i can you know build up that technique and maybe get some prs because while they aren't like the BL end of lifting, like some people think, I do think they're important lifts, and I do personally care about having a decent bench and squat. Uh, regardless, I mean, by my standards, not necessarily by powerlifting standards. Um, then during the spring, uh, the last couple of years, or I guess last year and this year, I've been kind of focused on prepping for a strongman competition this summer. I'm not super big on competition, but I think strongman is fun enough that I'll do the one meet every summer because like 50 minutes from my house. So uh, some of the trendy folks are on that, and then late summer early fall it's just kind of a whatever period i don't have a strict focus but regardless of what the kind of the overall goal is for that time period an average day is probably going to start with one maybe two compound lifts and i was focused on mostly on strength and i don't usually have a very strict like set rep thing i'll just kind of like go and say like i want to do a few heavy sets of this movement and maybe that's going to be some singles maybe it's going to be some triples maybe it's going to be some i don't know quintuples where you call set five or maybe it's just going to be an am rep to who knows how many reps maybe i'm going to try and go for a third rep max but i'm going to do one or two really hard working sets of some compound lift and that is kind of filling the rest of the day with some accessory movements that just kind of either fill some split that i'm using at the time or if i'm not feeling like a split it's kind of where it feels right like right now i don't have any strict plans because i'm rehabbing i don't know what i'm gonna be able to do in two weeks or three weeks or whatever so i'm just kind of taking each day as they come and it basically looks like that. I'll try and train one heavy lift and then I'll go and I'll train whatever accessories I can. And then I guess that's when I'm training at home. When I'm am bulking and focusing on getting mass, I'll spend three days at my local commercial gym. That's just kind of strictly bodybuilding type stuff. Um, that's going to be no heavy compound lifts. It's going to be a lot of machines because I think that's a really good compliment to all the weird uh, free weight stuff I do. It helps me work all the muscles without, you know, necessarily banging up the joints. Cause I do a lot of really heavy lifting and that can uh, cause a lot of fatigue for certain areas and machines really let me work around that. So not really a very specific answer, but I don't have super specific training. I just kind of 
spent the last decade figuring out what works for me. So I just kind of play by ear. Okay. Yeah. So you don't have bike grip deadlifts programmed into your, uh, not your usually, program. no, uh, yeah. no. That okay. specifically, I don't really ever do working sets of deadlifts. I just strictly do the, you know, one and done showtime skin max out something on deadlift. And for whatever reason that works really well for me. Like whenever I try to actually train deadlifts with sub max working reps, I working sets, it doesn't end up well. Like the last two times I hurt my back were on super massively sub max deadlift. So I was kind of realized like, okay, for whatever reason, I don't need to train deadlift. I just need to do deadlift. I need to do it all max effort when done. And then that's all, which I don't suggest that for anyone listening. I think that's something that's unique to me because I'm just some weirdly, uh, good at deadlift person. It just really comes to me naturally. I think most people should probably be trained deadlifts if they want to deadlift really well, but uh, that's what I do. Um, so going back to how you said, like, you do have a lot of people who will reach out and say like, you, you inspired them. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say to the people that, so like, let's see, let's say you have those people that got inspired and they want to start lifting more. Um, and mm-hmm. they're not seeing results as quick as they want to. What type of advice do you have those people who aren't sure like why they're not as strong as they should be at that point or as strong as they think they should be at that point? Like what's a conversation look like with that type of person? Well, I'd probably start off by telling them that I trained for like eight years before I started doing the stuff that they can see on my Instagram. So they should probably use that to kind of calibrate their expectations. And then I'm just kind of going to think that like you, regardless of where they are, like, especially, I think you hear that a lot from younger people who don't necessarily realize that. I mean, they might be like even 16, 18, 21. They think that a year is a long time when as you get older, you realize that a year is not that long a time. And if they really are serious about lifting, they're going to be lifting for 20 years or longer. So they should, you know, just kind of realize that what they've been working on so far has just been a tiny fraction of the overall training career. And even though it feels like a lot of time, it really isn't. So I just try and kind of explain that. Although it doesn't necessarily stick if they're particularly young. So I think that time, like a year is not a long time, dude. They're like a whole year. Yeah, trust me, when you're older, you'll agree. <laughs> so I just yeah, kind right. of tell them that they have a long path ahead of them. They shouldn't really be worrying about results right now. They should be worrying about just continually, steadily increasing, regardless of how slow that pace is. And yes, there's the other side to it because everything's nuanced. Sometimes you can be moving really slowly, and that's probably a sign you're doing something wrong, uh, particularly with beginners. That's honestly probably that effort issue. I think that's the main thing that holds back beginners because you can do. Well, I was going to ask, do you think that's like staying too much at a low load at that point? Like they're not progressing that load enough. I, I don't even think it's necessarily the low itself. I think they just need to put more effort into their sets. Like it can use the same load, but if they do more reps or just do lower rest times or more sets or something to put the effort in, they're going to see better results. And I think like, I think I have a post however far back that kind of outlines depending where you are in your training career what your likely you know block is and for an absolute beginner it's basically effort the first thing you need to learn as a beginner is how to put an effort and that is not like to diminish them that is actually a skill you have to learn especially if you don't have like a sports background you have to learn how to physically exert yourself like if you have been spending your entire life up to this point just you know sitting around you've never learned to actually exert yourself. Like where, when your mind is telling you that this is your physical capability, this is the max you can do, it's completely wrong. Your body can do way more. It's just your mind's never been forced to try to do more than that. So it's not capable of it. So that's kind of the first thing that a beginner has to learn. That might take over a year, honestly, depending on where they're starting from. Like if you start, if you're used to like playing sports as a kid where you're exerting yourself in a different area, even if it's not lifting, it's even like running or playing a sport or whatever, you at least know what 
hard work feels like and you can jump into lifting a lot faster but if you've never done anything you're going to be spending a lot of time just kind of developing that so i'll tell them to like you know just focus on giving the best you can each day and don't worry so much about the results just worry about how much effort you're putting and then once you kind of get to a point where your mental 100 is actually a little bit closer to your physical 100 then you can start making the progress and then from there it kind of depends where they are learning training career, where I think they are probably messing up. And it's not obviously the same for everyone, but I think there's some pretty consistent trends. Awesome. Uh, so I got a bit of a two-parter here for you. Uh, what's your favorite lift that you've ever done? And what other crazy mind-boggling stuff do you have planned without obviously taking away from your followers too much? I couldn't pick a favorite lift I've ever done. I, I'm not good at picking favorites in any like category. If you may pick like a favorite class of lifts, I can do that. Deadlifts are my favorite class of lifts, but that's a pretty obvious answer at this point. <laughs> but I don't think I could pick a specific, a particular uh, single deadlift that I've done. That's my favorite. Like ones I enjoy, like my first time PRs for hitting like a new milestone, any kind of uh, straight barbell deadlift, which for the longest time was just strictly conventional. But now my idea of a deadlift is just anything that involves the bar on the floor at standard height that you lift till hips locked out. So conventional sumo Jefferson hack, they're all deadlift to me. So uh, again, my first 900 plus pound deadlift, which was in Jefferson stance, that was up there because that's honestly more than I ever thought I would lift for most of my career. And right before I lifted, I thought that around 900 would probably be a lifetime goal. But now seeing how easy that was, relatively speaking, I think that I can go... <laughs> at least in at least a 10 plate so that's gonna be really exciting when i get there uh but yeah besides that um oh, some of the weird bar deadlifts i think are really exciting when i find one that works out surprisingly well like i just recently got a spider bar from elite fts and i'm like i want to deadlift this but i don't know how i can deadlift this until i kind of play with it and i found that if i sat on the floor and essentially use its oversized arms to like brace on my shoulders to kind of lock in it ends up being like a deficit deadlift that you're grabbing farther out in front of you. So you're not worried about hitting your toes or your shins or your knees or anything, but the load ends up kind of by your side, like a trap bar. And I mean, you'll probably have to watch the video and understand what the hell I'm saying, but it works a lot better than had any right to work. <laughs> it ended up being kind of like a deficit conventional trap bar. -y. It, it, it's something I'm going to try again. And I was saying some extra flavor, maybe try to even, even greater deficit, but uh, stuff like that, where just it, a movement that seems like it shouldn't work at all ends up really clicking and working out well. That's always fun. Or sometimes the opposite, a movement that I thought would be super easy ends up being not easy. And finally, you know, failing a bunch of times in and getting it, that's also pretty exciting. So it's like a new little series for you. Like, will it deadlift? You just <laughs> look at random ob objects. The answer and, uh, is yeah, yes. I, I think I, I've, I've deadlifted. Let me see. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've deadlifted or done something similar to a deadlift with every single bar I own. And I own <laughs> a lot of bars. So <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, I guess like, I mean, now that you've kind of like almost fallen into this, like, I guess, niche, you'd say mm -hmm. almost like, yeah, it's just, a niche. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's kind of like next for you? Where, where do you want to kind of like take this? I mean, obviously like you have the shoulder and your main focus is probably on that and getting that back to hundred percent. But after that, like, where do you want to go with this and where do you see yourself? Honestly, like I, I, I don't have grand plans. Like this is not, not like yeah. trying to like grow this fellowship or like turn this into some <laughs> kind of career. Like some people like obviously have higher goals for their. I just like doing this for fun. I just post stuff for fun. And if people like it, great. If they don't like it, okay. I mean, my one like concession to like social media in general has just been 
filming with better lighting and doing some mild editing. Like I'm not doing anything particular just for the sake of social media that I wouldn't do already. Like even all the like informational stuff I put up, I was doing longer write-ups on Reddit before I ever put these posts up on Instagram. So it's been nice to kind of like contain everything. Like now I have, um, in case anyone's not familiar, I have a whole Google drive full of all the written work I've done. Uh, these t-shirt designs, all, all, all the good stuff is all in one place. So I'd like that be able to set that up because um, it's like, I think it's a good resource for a lot of people. And I've heard multiple people like, hey, I've been digging through your drive and there's a lot of useful stuff in there. Thank you so much. I'm like, awesome. <laughs> I spent a lot of time writing that. I'm glad someone's getting use of it. But I'm just basically just doing what I want to do and then kind of see where that takes me. And I might add some stuff in the future because it sounds fun or I might not. And like maybe someday I'll decide I'm done with this and then I'll just, you know, stop posting and just disappear <laughs> i don't know so yeah not really any plans i'm just, just kind go of off doing, the grid yeah pretty much <laughs> i'm just kind of doing what i'm following the intrusive thoughts that's all there's not really any greater plans here all right well mark we appreciate you coming on the podcast um mm -hmm. this was a lot of fun and uh we're looking forward to seeing what comes next